Hi, I'm Carrie Ann with Lofty. We're down in Savannah, and today my guest is Maria Zuvez with the Savannah Voice Festival. We'll be talking about how to pivot your business and what you can learn from your audience to continue to grow. Well, thank you for being here with me today, Maria. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is exciting. We're down in Savannah, so we're enjoying the heat and the fun and all of everything that happens when you are running a festival. That's right. The low country boil and the boiling sopranos. Oh, that's a good way to put it. All works together. <laughs> yes. So I always like to start by just sort of sharing a little bit about how I got to know my guest. So you are probably one of the very first female business owners that I ever worked with, ever wow. that mentored me. Um, so way back before I was just a baby, before I even started sort of the corporate marketing world, came and started to work with you and Cheryl, right when voice experience was just beginning. That's um, right, yeah. And started sort of with the New York program and traveled with you there with my husband and that was really special. Yeah. And then those um, were good times. They were good we times. We had a lot of fun. It was ex and it was exciting. I mean even now for me as a business owner to think back and reflect back and to think about I was in the middle of a business that was growing. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you know to have come and been reconnected with you last year to over over a decade later and sort yeah. of see how much the company has grown in mm -hmm. 17, is it 17? 18, 18 years. years. Yeah, this has been 18 years that, that we, since we started. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't look anything like it did back then, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, um, just for our listeners today, our viewers, um, you know, so voice experience is sort of how uh, the business emerged and started. It's a nonprofit, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. over the last 18 years, it has really grown into being sort of several different tracks for singers. Do you want to just briefly share what that is? Absolutely. Or, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it started with the idea that my husband, Cheryl Milnes, being a, a world-renowned baritone, had so much to say and was always teaching. In fact, he had education degrees. So, as he said, he only just took some time out to be a, a world-renowned singer, only to go back to what he trained to do, right. and that was teach. So, um, I saw the need for singers to get that kind of guidance, that real hands-on, this is this is how it really goes because I've been there sort of training. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it evolved just to create something where he would have a vehicle to pay it forward. Um, so it started with a master class series and I'm a Disney kid so I love the idea. I conceived of it with some friends at, at Disney and we thought Disney Institute might be interested in doing that. Well they were not, they didn't get it. <laughs> Um, so the Coronado Springs Resort had a beautiful convention center and they were very interested and Disney Entertainment was very interested in what they used to call happenings which now we call um, flash mobs. Okay. And okay. Hamburger was part of that and she was an innovative brilliant woman who actually has roots in Savannah and uh, she believed in us and so she just made it happen so that we could sing in the parks, work together and uh, and be in a convention setting yeah. for an intensive yeah so it uh, it just worked and now all this time we have people singing <laughs> we have some singers yeah, happening. singers around <laughs> just right as we started that's okay <laughs> all this time uh, it sort of evolved every single year into more and more and more uh, until now we have a festival so it's just it just every time we would do something one year we thought 
oh, well, that's really good. I mean, why don't we just add to this? Yeah. And then we get more feedback from our singers. I mean, we were always listening to our singers. Oh, they need this. Okay, well, why don't we add this? Right. Oh, it needs to be longer. Okay, well, why don't we make it three weeks? Right. Oh, well, but young singers really need more guidance. Well, why don't we have a teen program? Oh, well, older singers want to come back and learn a role from Cheryl. Oh, well, let's do a, you know, so it just kept evolving. Yeah. And became what it is today, which is two nonprofits. Which is amazing. And I, I love that because I think there's something to be learned, especially as you're starting. <laughs> I can really hear the singing over there. Um, in terms of pivoting your business and listening to your audience, you know, and so for you, it's really an audience of patrons and donors and then an audience of the clients who are the singers. That's right. Right. That's and right. It yeah. works both ways. Yeah. So I'd be curious to know um, a piece of advice that you've received that kind of sticks with you as you've thought about how the business has grown over the years. I don't know that there's a specific piece of advice that I could like touch on. I think I personally kept my mantra which was that singers deserve respect and the opportunity mm. to, to, in a nurturing environment, realize themselves, mm -hmm. find themselves, feel worthy, mm -hmm. no matter what. And um, I stuck to that. Um, I think the rest of it was a whole lot of advice that I got from people, you know, about listening, mm -hmm. about being very specific about the business model and not just, I think the advice that I got was not specific advice where somebody said something to me. It was by observing other models of this that weren't as successful for the singers mm. that I myself, you know, had been part of or seen or heard about. And I thought, no, I think if I were doing this myself, I would want to do it this way. Yeah. My big thing was I wanted to build a program that I myself would want to participate in as well, a singer. Yeah. So it was like it was like building a dollhouse. Okay. You know, that I thought I want to live in that. Yeah. So this is a program I would want to do. And I think that that is really special too, because you know there's a lot of business owners out there that might think I have, I'm ready to do this. I, I'm, I know I'm sort of expert in some niche area, uh, and I'm just not quite sure what to do. Well, just what you talked about and thinking about where are there the opportunities that you wish existed? How could you mm -hmm. take your expertise, your network of people? How could you build something that would be, you know, the level of what you would want or the training that you would want? Isn't something? that why we do? anything I, I think that when we have a passion for something we feel we have something to say right and I had something to say with this I mean I I still sing I always sing I I'll never stop singing because I just love it and I don't care if it's just for myself in a mirror or if it would be for a, a crowd of people so so it's always about something that I need to say. I need to say to an audience, this is why opera is relevant, or this is why the voice is important. I need to say to singers, this is why you should keep trying, or this is why you should move in another direction, or this is why 
it's okay to be conflicted. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, like a chef or any anyone that's involved in creation, you you want to say it and you you make it happen. So, I believe in strategic planning. I believe in being very clear about what your expectations are. Mm -hmm. I fear what I can't see around the corner. So, I'm always looking to see what the possibilities are that I may have missed, mm. so that I don't. At least I'm prepared and um, and I believe in people and assembling the right people because I think when you assemble the right people and you put them all together and then you allow them to do what they do beautifully um, magic happens yeah so I think every business model that has been successful sort of shares that philosophy so yeah yeah I, and I, I never read a book on it and I never had an MBA and I, I, I considered it but I never really went into business I, I was I was the president of Future Business Leaders of America in high school, Ooh, but it never went anywhere. Foreshadowing, I guess. <laughs> you know, but I never, it never went. I never really, I never really thought, oh, I'm a businesswoman. But I always loved the concept. When I was little, I played office in my <laughs> bedroom. My dad brought home a bunch of office supplies from his Continental Can Company, <laughs> and like, you know, like punch, you know, what do you call it? The rubber stamp and papers and clips and a old stapler and I would play office. That's great. So I thought it was fun. And then I would go and sing Streisand. So I guess I always had that doing dichotomy. That now. You're still doing it. Well, I'm still doing it. So as we're kind of talking about what you've learned over the years, what have you learned about your audience? Anything specific that surprised you? Which audience though? Because well, there are two. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's three because okay. you have you have the, the audience that is your constituents, the ones that are driving it forward with you. Mm -hmm. Your team, your faculty, your producers, your, your artistic mm -hmm. you know, uh, group. Then you have your, your participants, mm -hmm. which are your, your, that's your client right. in a way. And then you have your patrons. Right. You, know, you have your audience that is watching the process and yeah. engaged in the process. So yeah, I think all three. Um, what was the question again? Well, I wanted to know if there was something that surprised you that you've learned along the way. So I don't know. I don't know what you could pick. Which audience? If something comes to mind, maybe something that as the as the offer that you were, you know, the different performances you were offering <coughs> kind of changed and grew. If there was something, I mean, I'd be interested maybe um, either from kind of that client perspective or sort of the patron perspective. Yeah. You know. Well, what I've learned along the way, I think, with with the audiences is that they love more the process mm -hmm. than just the result. Mm. So I learned that um, my audience member who was engaged in the learning process of that person on stage mm -hmm. enjoys that performance more. And so mm. I work hard to figure out how to connect the dots so that there's a, a, a formal structure for them to be able to experience that beyond just a marketing tool. Yeah. Um, like our Death by Aria, where they start in the beginning of the process by singing and then at the very end, you know, get to see the fruition. Yeah. So that, that's one way. Um, I've learned from my singers uh, that they really, they really need an opportunity to have that connection with the audience. Mm -hmm. So I at first thought, okay, I'm not just gonna have a pay to sing program where they pay to perform, but I think it's crucial to give all of the levels that we serve an opportunity to be in front of an audience and to 
to tell that story to mm -hmm. them and not just limit it to, okay, study, learn, what's your next steps, and then go on. So even in our, an audition project, which we're, we're working on mm -hmm. together, yes. uh, is um, they finally get to perform in an audition setting right. to the critique of an audience who decides which one they might hire. Yeah, yeah. I, so, and you know, as you're talking, the thing, and even thinking about audition project, but sort of thinking about for other business owners, the patron audience, and bringing them along in the process is very much um, like what I'm doing with right now, creating YouTube, creating a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, as the business world changes and expands and there's sort of a desire to learn mm -hmm. and to know and sort of take you behind the scenes as a way for your own marketing. Mm -hmm. I think that, that a lot of the things that you were just saying really resonate with me in terms of they don't necessarily just want to see the final result, that there's something to be sort of uncovered about the process. Yeah, you know? I think people love the process. Look at look at our TV today, you know, HDTV and all of the cooking networks and all of the, you know, the real, reality TV in and of itself is about seeing the process of the human state. Yeah. So I, I, we are we are drawn to how it's made, how it's done. Right. Um, and and we enjoy the struggle and the pursuit of yeah. everything. It it is it's it is a great way to tell a story. Yeah. You know, just fabulous. Well, and that actually leads me, makes me think about something that we didn't talk about beforehand, but I'd love your opinion on, which is as we think about storytelling, I mean, so much of what I help clients with, right, is branding and marketing, which is at the end of the day storytelling. And you have this very unique perspective because you've spent your entire career not only storytelling yourself, but helping others be better storytellers. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. you know, I wonder if there's it's anything true. that. I mean, we're, we're talking about storytelling on the stage, but is there anything that comes to mind that you think, you know, this is just sort of a basic about good storytelling, that anybody, whether they're doing something in a YouTube video or they're trying to talk about their marketing just as a storyteller, these are sort of, you know, it could even be like a performance insight about storytelling. I think, like anything in performing that we talk about with singers is... Storytelling isn't one story that you have to tell no matter what your audience is sending you in terms of messages. Mm. You have to feel, you have to feel that, you know how they say acting isn't acting, it's reacting. Mm -hmm. So if I speak to you, I'm going to speak back to you in a different way. Mm -hmm. So an audience speaks to you, okay? Mm -hmm. People that want to know your story are coming to you from one perspective. Mm -hmm. So for instance, when you're teaching someone, you're teaching that person. You don't just give the same information to that person that you would to the person before them because they're different. Yeah. And when you're telling a story to a potential donor, to an audience, you have to learn intuitively to adjust your story mm -hmm. to the information you're receiving from the person that's listening. Yeah. It's not the same right. in any moment. And I think people make that mistake. Yeah. They tell their brand, they tell their story um, the same way every time. Mm -hmm. And while you have to have a core foundation, right. you have to understand how, what perspective you want that person to see yeah. in the foundation based on who they are. Right, yeah. They may not understand how solid the ground is, but they may get that the walls could be a beautiful blue right. if it's right on this side. So it's, it's really about the audience. I love that, that's mm -hmm. great. Yeah. Um, 
So I also would love to know sort of what's what's your biggest motivator? I think you've certainly you've hinted on some things along this kind of discussion today, things that motivate you. Yeah. But what motivates me is yeah. the fear of boredom. Oh. <laughs> I love that. It's so honest. <laughs> it's so honest. I'm just so afraid of being bored. <laughs> um, I, I think what really motivates me is that I, um, I the, there's old voices in my head that remind me of where a lot of this art lives and where it needs to be and how precious it is and how much we could lose it so as a I'm almost a preservationist mm. and so I feel a commitment to keep pushing it forward keep making it vital and relevant and important so I think that drives me at the end of the day yeah I, I and 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 the desire to always be connected to people mm -hmm. um, I think it would frighten me to be isolated from connecting as much as I do to people. I, yeah. it's, it's, it's vital. It's, I may be in, in lieu of, you know, a big career where audiences are out there with me. My, my big audience are all the people with whom I connect. Mm -hmm. So in a way they feed me the way a, a great diva would need an audience to yeah. feel validated. Yeah. Perhaps I don't know. I've never said it that way, but the, the people with whom I work are my audience and I feel very, um, I, I thrive on their energy and what they give. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so purpose filled too, you know. Yeah, I mean it's a little self serving, but I think it I think everything is. Well yeah. if it doesn't bring you joy. Yeah. Don't do it. Right. Don't do it. <laughs> if it doesn't bring you joy. Don't do we should always do the things that make us joyful. We should always do things that, that give us a sense of accomplishment. It doesn't mean it's not hard, but right. you know, you have to do the thing that, that fills you, that makes you feel like your life has meaning and and that's why people that's why people start businesses yeah and we know so many people who have done startups because they've been in a big situation or a corporate situation that's not theirs and they've gone you know what I think I think I need to do this for myself on my terms yes and even singers are doing that today they're creating their own opportunities to sing mm -hmm. and it's joyful because it's theirs right yeah yes so my last question, my bonus question is, I always like to ask what your superpower is. <laughs> because, you know, as you think about your kind of professional brand, a lot of times that is sort of the thing that makes you unique, you know, mm. defines the experience of working with you. What's my superpower? Mm -hmm. I'm a good worrier. <laughs> okay. It's like Captain Worrier. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what would be my... My superpower is that I... I I feel that I am, and it's a, it's a curse too, because I feel like I can potentially see scenarios mm -hmm. that could be good and bad. Mm. I, I'm a down-the-road thinker, okay. which means I also see, when you go too close to the stairs, I can already see you falling. Right. So I can, I can go there, or you know, to go in one direction, I can look and see, you know what, there's a garden just around that corner. I know there is, so we're gonna go down that path. So I, I feel like I'm, in a, I'm, a, I'm a predictor. I can, and I, yeah. that, I consider that one of the things, like I'm, I'll see this and go, oh, that, that's gonna be that. Yeah. Or I see this and I go, oh yeah, that could be that. 
That's fantastic. So I consider that one of the things that I do intuitively. I'm not always right, but <laughs> but I think that it's it's it has helped me along the way to grow into where we are and to create you know a big festival and a lot of people and you know a lot of recognition in the festival itself. All of that is because I kind of look and go, okay, we can't do it that way because even just the length of our shows, like I'll yeah. feel a sense sitting in the audience that, uh oh, it's we're going long, we're going long, we're going long. It's not going to work. You got to stop. We got to figure it out. You know, and right. I'll turn to a singer and go, we're cutting this. They go, what? <laughs> no, we're not. Yes, we are. <laughs> and then somebody will say, that was just the right length. But yeah, that extra piece would have ruined it. So it's, yeah. I just, it's about being able to intuitively look, look ahead. I love that. Yeah. And, and it reminds me a little bit of what you were saying sort of at the beginning of the conversation too and we talked about how you grew the business over time of being able to sort of take input and, and sort of I think there's probably an intuitiveness to that as well of sort of we need to do this pivot we need to change this we, you know it's, it seems very kind of similar process so yeah being flexible and, and, and being malleable um, and yet I think some people make the mistake of trying to like always change, like always fix it, always change, always fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, kind of thing. Like, yeah. you know, if things work, ride it, yeah. you know, ride it out. But if there's things like always, always don't be afraid to just shift it. Just go, okay, you know what? Let's just pull it in this direction and see where it goes, and 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 expand, and 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 you know, understand what your repercussions are if you do that. Mm -hmm and then predict it so there's right. the predict you know the, i predict it's going to be this 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 and if it is i know what to do mm -hmm. and then not being afraid to pull it back mm -hmm. and going in that other direction but standing still is really not a good idea yeah you know you just always have to move forward but that's you know that's a that's an a priori that's everybody knows that that's something that you just know that you know you always have to move forward and you always have to change so um, I feel like that has been one of the reasons why the program has grown yeah yeah and it's been fantastic well it's yeah. been fun and yep. fun having you oh thanks I know thanks for doing this with me today yeah I loved it it's been great yeah, so I love talking about it yes I know. So um, I'll have to share some more information about the uh, Savannah Voice Festival for next year. That's right. This, um, the, all the links so that if anybody wants to take a trip down to Savannah in August, it can be a great time to come down here. Yeah, and it's opera, y'all. That's right. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>